Welcome to New Spiritual York Interviews. I'm Michelle. I'm your Amy. And this is our first interview series with the lovely Jocelyn. So today we're talking with Jocelyn Leone, a creative entrepreneur and a spiritual guide based out of the Bronx. Welcome, G. Hi. Hi, everyone. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're Very excited, excited to, have to have you. Yes. So we're going to jump right into it. Thank you so much again for coming and for, you know, scheduling this time for us. So our first question, Jocelyn, how has living in New York City affected your view of spirituality and mindfulness? Oh, where do I start? Um, so New York is, I think, spirituality and mindfulness is, has been trending now the past, what, two years? Um, uh, growing up and even, you know, postgraduate, post, you know, post-undergrad, it wasn't really a space where I felt... Um, it wasn't a place where I felt anyone cared about my mental health. And I really had to, um, you know, get creative to hold space for myself mm-hmm. because some of the, some of the ways or, you know, methodologies of uh, where people used to heal, like yoga, for example, wasn't necessarily what my soul needed at the time that I needed myself the most. Like, it was not a downward dog. And that's so true. I feel like a lot of people tend to feel that way. Like, it's just like, if you're looking for some sort of spirituality, like the only thing really that's accessible to some people, if you don't have a lot of money or if you're not really based in the church is like, oh, yoga, trust me, yoga. And yes, it's the cheapest thing. Like, you know, when it comes to like all the other modalities of, of healing, like, you know, sound therapy, Reiki, like these are things that, you know, are, are, are get pretty costly. So the things that we have at the bottom of the of the pool are like you know yoga classes and um, living in New York really made me realize um, the lack of uh, spiritual community that was missing in my own Latino community. And that's when I got creative and was like bringing I invited everyone to my living room and that was like the birth of my my spiritual path was in my living room. Mm. So could you tell us a little bit more about that? So the first thing that how you started was creating a spiritual community uh, with your close friends and bringing them in your living room. Yeah. So back in like, you know, 2013, end of 2013 into 2014, I realized that um, that I was depressed, that I had a lot of anxiety, that I had a lot of healing to do and that I necessarily didn't have a place where I can talk about these things. And texting my friends and getting on the phone just wasn't enough. And, you know, I one night I invited a bunch of girls over and I had wine. And I was like, yo, you want to come over and talk about some real shit tonight? Bring some wine. Literally. How it <laughs> I love that. And, yeah, um, awesome. you know, my living room became a space where women openly discussed about, you know, where they were in their lives. You know, anywhere from dating to divorce to starting new careers to leaving your job. And um, I started doing this maybe like twice a year. And then by the time like, you know, 2016 came came around, like uh, more and more women wanted to join the, you know, invite only, you know, spiritual house parties that I was having. Uh, we would mm-hmm. meditate. I would have us answer, you know, a different activity. We would answer questions. I would pull out tarot. And this literally all happened um, in my living room. And 
you know, we would stay up to like 2 a.m., you know, talking about things, laughing, sharing stories. And it became really comforting, not just for myself, but for all of my guests. And um, the demand for it is really what took my sister circles outside of my apartment. That's awesome. And gee, I mean, everywhere I go downtown, right? Um, I can, there's nowhere that I can't go where there's like a wellness, spirituality center, um, a yoga center. Why, why did you take it upon yourself to include that into your home, right? Why, you know, what is it about the wellness community that's not inclusive, that you need spaces like your home to bring in women in the community? Well, it was pretty simple. You know, I, I would go to yoga to the people. And even at Yoga to the People, I was cramped up. The Yoga to the People was the cheapest yoga class that I could afford in the city. I was cramped up, and people didn't look like me. And who wants to be cramped up with people that don't look like them? (laughs) That's like being on the subway. Exactly. That was exactly how it felt. You have, like, people's legs close to your face. Like, it was like, wait a minute. I want to be in a room with 10 other people and not 25 people. And I want people to look like me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> why is why is why is people looking like you important? I mean, I know why it's important to me, right? You know, there, there's a need for representation in the things that we do. Um, what do you think for you? I mean, what what really called you to to start something for people who are of the Latinx community um, or people uptown? Well, you know, I think aside from, 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 you know, representing my community, I think um, people that look like me have similar stories. So people Mm -hmm. that look like me can understand some of the motions, some of the, you know, ebbs and flows of growing up, one, to to immigrant parents, big, big, big difference with someone who was, uh, who has parents that were raised here. Um, Two, I'm bilingual. So my spiritual, uh, background, my faith background, you know, is different from uh, the traditional American Christian faith-based, you know, organizations, what have you. Um, So creating something for women like me meant that I was going to be able to bring comfort into the lives of women that wanted to initiate change in their lives. Um, And the more change that I created in my life, the more I realized that the women just like me, would want to follow these steps and they would trust me because they knew that I was one, a New Yorkina, uh, two, generation <laughs> and three, you know, a creative woman um, like a lot of these, you know, like a lot of people. And I think that for me being a creative, I didn't find, creatives are the people that deal with, I feel like the most, you know, stress and anxiety, you know, the number of creative people that have committed suicide is crazy. And I think creative people, we just feel things a lot deeper than most. So it really meant, mm-hmm. it really realized that, you know, I needed to create something for, to save the creative child within myself. Mm. Yeah, and there's not a lot of safe spaces for us to do that. Like, no. everywhere, you know, everywhere I go, it's always something about networking. It's always something about, like, the practical sides of things, the adult, yeah. adulting side of things. And there's no social spaces that really allow us to be creative and be safe and speak about our creativity and not have to, you know, talk about our output all the time. Talk about our, Mm -hmm. you know, where do you find a place where you're just talking about your feelings, what you're going through and not be expected to have like, okay, you talked about this now. 
what are the steps or you yeah, know that practical like, uh right brain thing yeah 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 and I think that for me what's important to you know be in a space where the conversation that was being led was about how do you feel and not what do you do what can you do for me it's like how do you feel and if you don't feel good how can we examine and explore those feelings how can we trace the root of those feelings to then figure out what choices and what perspectives you need to um you know really hone in um to create the change and live your most authentic best life that's interesting because you know i feel like there is no like a lot of times people think like oh if i'm gonna be talking about my feelings that's like a therapy session oh and i have to pay for that and that's expensive and i'm and you're in a room by yourself where these are kind of like no, you're just talking with other women who are similar to you, who are all dealing with the same type of issues that maybe you've dealt with in your past or you might deal with in the future. And it's not therapy. I mean, it is a form of therapy, but it's not what people most um, think it is a traditional therapy. So it's definitely it filling a void. It doesn't have the stigma, right? It yeah. doesn't have the stigma to it. Um, Ghislaine, and, and since we're talking about women gathering and being something that's therapeutic, could you explain what is a sister circle um, and what a woman can get out of a sister circle? You spoke a lot about um, your journey in creating sister circles that started in your own home. How has that expanded for you? What is it? Well, one, what is a sister circle? How has it expanded for you? And what can women get out of it? Okay, so um, a sister circle is a open conversation um, that almost acts as cognitive therapy at this point, where women engage in different activities for self-discovery, connection to their divine feminine within, um, and connection um, to their intuition. So um, my sister circles offer women a space to really dive into that exploration of our thoughts, our feelings, our choices, um, our energy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, sister circles take place all around the world. They've taken place at the beginning of time where women kind of gathered either, you know, around a fire pit, in their living rooms, in a backyard. You know, um, historically, women have gotten together, you know, during specific moon cycles, like full moon circles and full moon gatherings. And I kind of took that idea and, re and created what I felt like the New York woman needed version of a sister circle, you know? So that's why there are circles where, you know, you can have a glass of wine because, you know, I'm still that girl that is going to want to talk her shit and still have a glass of wine at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and spirituality isn't this, you know, uh, intimidating. It doesn't, have, it doesn't have to be this intimidating therapy thing where you face your demons. No, spirituality can be a conversation where you're felt most at ease to bring forth the things that need your attention. And that's what we do at my sister circles. It's a space for women to connect and disconnect. Mm. I love that. And mm -hmm. what has it done for me? So, mm -hmm. you know, through my own healing, I realized that um, my testimony and the things that I need to heal and I'm still healing from are those same things that other women and other sisters need to heal from. So it's almost been like the more healing I've done and the more I've shared this healing work with women, um, 
the more I paid it forward and kind of lived with purpose. I think before doing hosting sister circles, I was just doing marketing full time. You know, I had no purpose outside of helping 500 fortune um, brands make more money. And mm -hmm. what it did is that it created purpose in my life. So I've been able to have a duality where, you know, doing marketing or working in the day and then at night on weekends, dedicating my time to women. So it really brought forth um, purpose and, and self power. You know, I didn't realize the, the amount of, of power that I had within until I decided to, to lead this, this movement of my own, which, you know, which is under fearlessly own LLC. Love that. And I think also, I mean, whenever you start a venture, it's a, it's a, when you say your own power, right? Like I think Michelle and I went through this when we started uh, New Spiritual York. Um, you usually don't know what you have to say until you give yourself a platform to say mm -hmm. it. And usually, you know, you don't know what you can do unless you show up to the table or show up to the circle in your case and lead. Yeah, um, right. That's important because every time, you know, we think that we have to be all like ready, prepared. We have yeah. to, you know, cross our T's and dot our I's and everything. But life is messy. It's not like that. You can make so much, you can make so many differences in so many places and be multi dimensional and, and multifaceted um, and not have to be fully prepared in it. So I love, Aww. I love that you said that that was self empowering. Yeah. And I also love the fact that you said that period, because when I've been to your social, uh, the woman's circle, and it's like, you are in your element and you make people feel at ease and you are comfortable. And that's beautiful because for somebody to say, Oh, you know, I'm doing this and I'm not like hundred percent, you know, fully, you're not by any means, no expert, but you're like speaking from your heart and helping, you know, you're a vessel for it. And that's what shows through your work. Yes. Yeah, I love it. And could I ask you, so the word healing, right? You said, you know, for us to heal ourselves, like I know what healing like means for me. I think I know what healing means for Michelle. And we've definitely spoken about this at length on New Spiritual York um, for our tribe to listen to. Uh, but for you, Dislane, uh, what does healing mean for you? Because it can also have a stigma. Like I'm gonna give you an example. I was talking to my mom. My mom always comes up in these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Because she's such a trigger for me. But, you know, when you tell, you know, I had a whole conversation with her and it was like, listen, you need to heal this part of your life. Um, and it was a very defensive conversation. And, I, and I've experienced this with other people too, where you say the word healing and it almost means like you're attacking someone or telling them that they're not good enough, something's mm -hmm. wrong. You know, they're diseased in some way they have to heal. And it's, I don't feel it's that way, but do you, when you say healing and the healing we have to do, the healing that happens at your circles, like, what does that mean to you? What can you, you know, what can you uh, tell us about that? Um, so healing for me means having a healthy relationship with our choices. Um, mm. Yeah, I think that's, that's the best way that I would describe healing with choices and events, right? Because not everything uh, that we have to heal from is a choice. Some things are just events that happen. Um, and healing is not really a destination. Healing is, um, it's an intention. Uh, healing is an intention and it's not a destination because there is no, it's, it's not linear. Um, healing 
take can take on many different forms and healing can take on many different chapters since we're you know we're constantly changing like who you are to who you were who you were yesterday is not how you are it's not who you are today right at this moment at 5:33 p.m. you know mm-hmm. and that's okay so healing is the intention to be healthy um and it can be healthy in the mind healthy in the body and healthy in the soul I love that. I love that. Um, that balance, right? Like having that, that relationship, because I feel, you know, a lot of times for me personally, I'm not okay with some of the decisions I've made. I'm not okay with a certain way that I look, for example, or a certain way that I speak. And when I think about healing, I think about acceptance and it's not something that society teaches as much of, right? Acceptance, And particularly acceptance of our unique value or unique strengths or unique our uniqueness right like that's such a huge uh for me that's a huge part of myself that I'm healing how do I accept myself because it like bleeds over into other things like I I I don't think I'm doing enough I don't Mm -hmm. think I'm helping enough I don't think that I'm being articulate enough some it's always never enough right if you can't accept something um so that's that's beautiful yeah I feel especially like from New York too it's like it's never enough like you stay you always have to hustle like yo you better better be making more money or you could do this like what else can you be doing so there's always that feeling of just like are you doing enough how can you like be at ease with what you've done and say like I I am enough and I'm okay to be that way yeah. but she- go ahead Chip. oh no that was it <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm like New York is go go go. How produce, 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 do do do. And the moment you stop and maybe take time for yourself, you end up feeling guilty. So it's so important to have that acceptance, to have that healing. So question for both of y'all, because technically you didn't you both of you guys had kind of taken breaks from working within the corporate world, right? To focus on yourselves. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how did that make you feel? You know, like coming like living here in New York and always having to be like uh, on and like making money or doing this or like constantly having to stay busy where you had to take a step back and say like, Oh no, I have to, I have to work on myself first. So like, what was that like? What do you guys, I guess. Um, I mean, I can start if you want me to start. Um, yeah. For me, you know, I think we constantly, you know, growing up in, in every class, who are you? What do you want to be? That's always like the question. And I think that it's not until one works and takes a break from the corporate world that you can really answer that. You know, I, I hit a point in my life where I I didn't know who I was outside of my job, outside of my relationship. And it really, it really hit me that I was like, whoa, I don't know who I am because social media and my work identity has taken up my whole entire spirit. What the fuck? And um, really being with myself is how really being with myself, literally being with myself, listening to myself, waking up for myself, not for a brand, not for a check, waking up for myself. I didn't work for three months when I first left corporate. I was home with myself for three months. And in that time frame, it was is when I was able to hear my spirit. I was able to answer that question of who am I? 
because we get so caught up in these lives. You know, you go to, you go away to school, you graduate school, you get a good paying job, you find yourself a boyfriend, you get an apartment. Like you're just constantly going and you're constantly creating these goals. And sometimes we um, we get so caught up, which is what happened with me, that we lose sight of of who we are outside of the fold, outside of these jobs. And um, for me, it was it was how I saved my soul and how I was able to rebirth was taking that break um, from the desk, from the desk life. Because mm-hmm. that that's not, we're not here, we're not created for the desk life, you know, especially my, my, myself, you know, I'm a, I'm a first generation, you know, American woman, but my ancestors are Caribbean. You know, we come from, you know, from the land of, of you know, sand, dirt, rocks, and palm trees. We don't come from the land of high-rise buildings and subways. So my spirit um, already is is in a different space from from where my DNA um, um, you know originates from, and taking that time you know to be in nature and just be one with myself outside of all the demands that come with having a career was was all that I needed um, in order to grow and evolve. Mm-hmm. That that makes perfect sense and. You bring up a pretty interesting point of the fact that your ancestors are not from, were not from here, and then having to heal that wound of not being from here. And they are not being Yankees. transported. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they are not Yankees. And I, I completely mirror all of that. I think that was eloquently said, like straight up, all those for me. But in addition to that, <laughs> taking a break it's scary as fuck it's scary to walk away uh, from what society supports in you right you know for me the fact that I've been successful in my career has been not only a source of pride for myself or what I what I felt you know I was contributing to uh whatever brand I was working for or on um, but it was also something supported by my friends, by my family. It was kind of like reinforcement. And that's really difficult to get out of when you've been getting um, a certain value or people perceiving you a certain value. You start um, connecting that value to your self-worth. You start connecting yourself to the things that you're producing. And that's, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, it's been equally beautiful discovery um and equally scary and lonely at the same time but I think that when I think about the two and how my feelings fluctuate about you know taking a break from the corporate world I think the discovery and the experience is so far outweighs any discomfort that I may feel for from it if anything I'm really grateful that I've been shown the things that I'm scared of I've been shown where I'm lacking courage, where I've been shown, you know, where I'm like, fuck, I I don't look good enough. This doesn't look good enough because now I can actually like deal with that, you know, where before, you know, the fact that I'm successful in the corporate world has been um, kind of, it's been covering all that. Had I, have I not taken a break and been on a break right now, I, I would have never known these things. I would have, you know, I've been worked, you know, 30 years uh, 25 years in a career and then have to have to have dealt with that later in my life. And yeah. so I'm grateful for the, for that, for seeing that. And I really love this quote by Rumi. Um, 
he wrote this, Rumi is the, uh, the Sufi poet, um, mm -hmm. and he wrote this uh, poem called A Golden Bowl is Not for Cooking Turnips, right? Mm. And that's such a beautiful poem because essentially what it says is you are a golden bowl. Why, you know, why do things here and there that suffice society when you came here for a specific purpose, when you have more, when you have a soul, um, when you have um, a divine purpose and a plan. Um, and that's, that's kind of how I feel about it. And can I read a poem? Ooh, really yes. Mm -hmm. All right. So this is a, it's called One Task. And this is like an excerpt from it. But you go, okay, so I'll start out. You go and perform a hundred other tasks. But if you neglect to take care of the tasks for which you were sent, it is as though you did absolutely nothing. The human being has come into this world for a particular purpose. If he does not accomplish that purpose, he will have done nothing at all. At all. So I don't, I don't wanna, although, although I do see my life in the corporate world as being extremely successful and I love the work that I have done, I also know that there's bigger things at hand. And I wanna make sure that I dedicate myself to myself to find that purpose within myself. So I definitely mirror what Ghislaine said about um, just about the whole experience of it, but also mm -hmm. it's been super scary, but we are golden bowls. Mm -hmm. We gotta cook up new shit. We can't be cooking up turnips. <laughs> no, you're right. And I think it's interesting the back the fact that both of you guys are mentioning that. So it's like, how do you guys do that? Like uh, just saying, like you mentioned a little bit about the ancestors. So um, how do you how do you work on that? Like how do you how do you deal with anything with your ancestors, and how do you um, focus on cultivating some sort of inspiration within yourself? And um, you know, even if it's something small, but how do you work on that that wellness part of life? I have to come back out, guys. Um, okay. So I will start. Um, the way that I've really cultivated that relationship is kind of like remembering all the work that has been done before me and connecting that work with my present work. Um, a lot of reading, playing a lot of music. Like sometimes I sit and I'm like, you know, what would what would this activist would have thought right now? How would she feel about this? How would he feel about this? And trying to trying to like put myself in those shoes. Hmm. How I really have gained gauge inspiration to to show up, right? To show up in, in, in this in this time. You know, I believe that a lot of people doing this work that we are ancestors already and we're just here in, in this present lifetime. Um, sharing these gifts that have been around, you know, for centuries um, with today's today's world. Like a part of me feels connected to them, and if I if I didn't feel the connection that I have with them, like how could I feel that connection if I am not one of them? I feel. Mm -hmm. No, that makes sense. So That's you're beautiful. thinking about people within your um, your answers and what they would do and how they would feel um, of different actions that you've taken and. Um, what they would think. That's nice. I've never really thought about it that way. Kind of puts things into perspective if I want to complain about being in New York City and be like, damn, what would my ancestors think if like they all of that they worked so hard for to come here and I'm over here <laughs> complaining, you know? <laughs> That's all that came to my mind. For no. real. 
That's beautiful. Um, and then, G, um, you mentioned the divine feminine. Um, how did that tie into your your work with uh, your ancestors? Um, and how can the divine feminine? Well, well one, what is the the divine feminine to you? And how does it tie into your your work with um, with ancestors and and wellness? The divine feminine to me um, is freedom. It's breaking through all of our chains in a feminine way and using that power of feminine healing and feminine energy, you know, to move forward. And that ties everything with the work that I do. You know, I've had to really understand what does it mean to be a woman? What does it mean to be a, to carry a womb? And connecting all of that have really um, catapulted and transformed my work, you know. When I realized that I was a divine feminine, the first thing I did was like, you know, I need to heal my womb. I have to work with the energy that's in my womb and, and heal and take out all that dark stuff that's in there. Um, so really identifying as a divine feminine, you know, um, pushed me to see my my body um, as, as sacred, see my mind as something sacred and see what I give um, to the world as something that's ancestral and sacred. Hmm. What question? Because... When you just had to clean out your womb, what made you think or what made you feel that you needed to work on the divine feminine, that it was, it needed to be cleansed in a sense? Um, so I'm a, I don't like the word survivor, um, but I did go through sexual abuse as a child. And um, like most people, we kind of try to forget, push that memory to the very back of our Rolodex. And I did. I even forgot, you know, what happened. And then through meditation, all these memories started to come to resurface. And while these memories started to resurface, I started realizing, wow, all the all things lead back to this abuse. All things lead back to this first time in my life where boundaries were crossed. Wow. And um, understanding that some of the choices that I had made and some of the boundaries that I crossed, some of the things that I allowed to happen was because of that first moment in time where the boundaries were, were crossed when I realized, damn, this all goes back to my womb. My womb needs the attention. My womb needs the work. And I started working with a yoni egg. Um, my first yoni egg was the black obsidian and it changed my life. It absolutely changed my life. Wow. Um, thank you for sharing that, Just Lane. Yeah, thank you. That was really powerful. Yeah, super powerful and super important to talk about because mm -hmm. there, you know, abuse in all its forms. I think sometimes we we not sometimes a lot of times we suppress it. Um, yeah, and it's not nor it's not normalized to talk about certain things, particularly in society, particularly with your family, um, and particularly as a woman. Yeah, yeah, exactly, um, and you know, we can see from, you know, the, the Me Too movement and everyone speaking up, which is so important for everyone mm -hmm. to speak up and everybody to share their truth. Like, it, it, it doesn't matter who you are, male, female. If you are a victim of anything, it needs mm -hmm. to be talked about. It needs to be brought to the table. We cannot heal. We cannot heal as a collective if we don't bring up our shit and the things that others have done or the things that others have allowed a lot of times or or we have allowed because um, of, of our view of self-worth or our view of what's, what's okay to talk about and not talk about. So thank you for sharing that, Jude. Yeah. Um, and we'll, we're going we're gonna to wrap up 
uh, quite soon. Um, I have one uh, last question before we go into kind of how everyone can reach you and the work that you're currently mm-hmm. doing. Um, so displaying why the work with women, why become a creative entrepreneur and a spiritual guide for women? Um, why focus on that, that gender in particular? Oof, what a charged question. <laughs> uh, where do I start? Uh, women, we still get paid less than men uh, globally. Uh, women are still being abused in many, many um, countries and many, many spaces. Women are still marginalized. So if not now, then when? If I don't use my power now, then when? You know, I don't have any children, so I don't have any seeds you know, to influence. So as long as I don't have any seeds of my own, I'm going to influence the women behind me, the women that are coming up after me, that are looking up to me. Powerful. Yeah, that's awesome. We are all that we got. Like, we literally are all that we got. Uh, And Mm -hmm. no change is going to happen until we collectively, you know, hold hands and, and walk together, you know? Yeah. Yeah, and I, and I love, and I, I always love, and I always say, you know, we are not healed alone. Our healing affects every single person around us, mm-hmm. right? We're, we're a collective. We're not solo travelers. Um, we, are, we are a tribe, whether we yeah. want to see it that way or not. <laughs> and so, that's that's, yeah, that's powerful. And the work also in Harlem, the work you're doing in the Bronx, the work that you're doing in New York City, outside of you know the lower manhattan outside of what wellness quote unquote looks like uh in this country i think is the wave i think that's the wave right now we need to focus on um our women and those who don't find inclusivity in the wellness community because if you can't find inclusivity in something that's positive for you like where where will you turn to how will you release? So thank you for that, G. Yeah. Um, so this line. Yes. Yep. Sorry, Chip. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> Spoke over you. Um, Displain, tell the tribe, um, everyone listening to New Spiritual York, where they can uh, reach out to you, um, events that are coming up, um, and ways to follow you on social media. Yeah, so I'm, I'm currently I'm doing a bunch of like internal work and rebranding, um, but you can follow me on Instagram at Fearless Leon. My website is fearlessleon.com. Um, in July, I will be a guest facilitator at a sister circle at the Healer's Way. In August, I will be a guest facilitator at a women's retreat led by Leanne Oliveira over at the creators, um, the creator space in Bridgeport, Connecticut. And that's really all I have right now. That is more than enough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining New Spiritual York. Um, and so- Thank you for having you know, me. Yes, thanks, Jocelyn. Of course, and my name is Yuremi. And I'm Michelle. And- See you on the next episode of New Spiritual York. Bye. Bye. Bye.